a little bit of dancing with the cannons. <laughs> I mean, the church. <laughs> we have come to this day. This day. This day when we admit all of you, this congregation, as a mission congregation of the Episcopal Diocese of Indianapolis. And it is such a great day to rejoice in, truly. And the fact that we come to this day, I mean, less than 24 hours after receiving Ben, Matt, and Spencer as Episcopal clergy and recognizing their priestly orders, we come to this day on Gaudete Sunday, where we light the rose candle and begin to rejoice on the third Sunday of Advent. And it's like, you know when those moments come and you think, well, God's going to work it out, and then God does, and you're just like, yes. (laughs) Thank you, God. Here we are. But I want to say that we've come to this day not as an ending after all of that. I mean, it might feel like, oh, we finally got here for some of us, or we've been anticipating and waiting. But we come to this day as just another moment on the journey. In a way, this is just a moment to begin anew in a fresh way, but not to start from scratch, but to keep doing the things that God calls us to do, that you've been doing for a while. It might seem that after a long season of this questioning and discernment and preparation, you might be wondering, well then, what's next? And what's next is actually really simple. I mean, simple in the hardest ways, perhaps. What comes next is that we join in the ongoing work of living and loving like Jesus. That's what's next. We come to this now, having made though a commitment to be together, to do this work of living and loving like Jesus together. And so in so many ways, we'll continue doing what we've always done, but we are now forever changed. Not just all of you, but all of us, the entire diocese of Indianapolis forever changed. In so many ways, I think, though, this coming together as congregation and diocese, congregation and bishop, is an example of what can happen if we lean into God's love and build paths of trust, take a chance on each other, and perhaps show in words and actions what the reconciling love of God can look like. And I think this is, after all, what God has done for us to walk with us and to help show us what reconciling love, what love like Jesus can look like. It's easy to think of Advent only as a time of preparation and anticipation for the birth of baby Jesus as we remember that moment in history that has called us to be who we are. Or we might think about it as a looking for Jesus to come again because that is also a part of what this Advent moment is each time we mark it. But another way to look at Advent is this double gift, Jesus Christ, who we receive anew into our hearts and who we anticipate coming to bring fulfillment and consummation and reconciliation of all creation. The thing that Jesus came to do in the first place, really, was to make all well, all whole, all right, to show us what love looks like. So God came as one of us, lives among us still, shows us over and over again that God means it when God says, do a few things for me, really, and all will be well. You'll see the kingdom come in your time. And it looks like this. Love one another as I have loved you. 
Love me as I love you. Don't try to be me, God would say, but don't hide that piece of me that is inside of you. Help others to love like this. Help others to know that they are loved like this. And then when we have done the worst that we can do as humanity over the course of time that led to hanging love on a cross, God says to us, even with all of that, I will still love you. How do we love and help others love like that? Our icons for preparing for this kind of way of being, this way of being in our hearts and in the world, are found in John the Baptist and in Mary, the mother of God. So they kind of, kind of fight for um, sort of centerpiece today, I think, in some ways. First we get John the baptizer, who I can't help but think of as, um, I don't know, just like this really gnarly, disheveled, with the hair all over and the honey dripping and just raspy, telling people to repent, repent, right? Like John the Baptist is his character, right? And he comes announcing God's salvation, Saving acts, proclaiming this message of repentance and preparation. He basically says, all y'all, I mean, I'm sure he said this like that. All y'all better get ready for what's coming. The time has come for a radical change. Change of heart, change of mind, this metanoia, this turning around, getting yourself right, a course correction, a renewal of our spirits. John the baptizer calls us to this whole new way of living in faithfulness to God because he knew that the one that was coming after him for whom he was preparing the way was going to be meeting us. And so that's what we're called to too right now, always, over and over again, to turn around and to find in our way we live our lives a new way of being faithful. As we live our lives, it kind of, it's like this one thing we're aiming for, but it shifts as circumstances shift. But the call is always to keep directing our lives back to God to be faithful. Jesus, the light of the world, is coming and will change us day by day every time we turn to follow. And it was John who gave his life to testify to that coming light and to help people get ready. So the question for us is, what is our testimony? What is our testimony? How are we getting ready to receive Jesus anew? How are we proclaiming and showing up and showing forth his light and presence that has already come? Life is complicated, I know, and perhaps we are already feeling stretched beyond our capacities right now. Our energies might be waxing and waning because there's a lot going on. And so it's hard and yet simple, this call to figure out how in the midst of all of that, how we can be centered and grounded in living that light-filled life that Jesus calls us to. To live like we really believe that God loves us. How to hold with every bone in our body the sense that we are loved no matter what we do, what we look like. And that God is always calling us to something more, something better, something more faithful. And then to love others despite whatever foibles and gifts they bring. And to help them find themselves on the path to living a life that's more loving and faithful. 
Now, I don't mean to reduce John's message or the heart of the gospel, but I think at the heart of it is this really simple thing that loving without qualification is the way we get to basic justice and goodness that Isaiah spoke about. And I mean the kind of justice and goodness that would kind of knock the supports under every structure that seeks to be little people and to keep them oppressed and to keep them sort of under the foot of like the things that keep people from being who God called them to be. A justice and goodness that is about helping us remember that when we've we've hurt other people, we can fix it. We can turn around there too and try again. And then there's Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, like she's not an afterthought really, but Mary right there in the center the one for whom we light the rose candle and rejoice. We have our reasons for rejoicing, I think, as we talk about how we've recommitted ourselves, but we rejoice because we find our centering of rejoicing in Mary, who rejoiced in what God had done for her. All of it finds the meaning in Mary rejoicing that God has done an incredible new thing, that God was going to keep God's promises and that righteousness and justice would rule the day, and that come what may, God would be with her. And because Mary said yes, God is with us. So no one knows what the future is going to hold, really. All we can do is be faithful for this moment. And while we rejoice, we know that we can rejoice and be glad and still recognize that the hungry are still hungry, and the lowly are still being trampled upon, And we can hope and trust that the God who has already done great things for us will continue to do them even when it doesn't feel like it's happening. And that all of us, in whatever place of ministry we are, whatever gift we have to give, that we have the ability to help lift up the lowly, fill the hungry with good things, and send the rich away empty to practice generosity. And even though the moments where we feel the goodness and Miracles seem so far off to trust that we can rejoice because we have breath and a light, even when it looks dark. We rejoice and remember what God has done, and we let our lives testify to the light. So after this, you might be thinking, okay, church is going to be over, and I get to go and run to Target or get my Christmas shopping done, and all these last things, cookies have to be baked, Some more gifts have to be purchased. Relatives have to be checked in upon. The tasks of everyday living. But as you leave here today, think in the quiet moment that might just catch you about how God is calling you to pay attention. To stay awake. To prepare. To make yourself ready. To be the light. To show somebody love who might not be expecting to find it. To make ourselves ready to be love incarnate, to bring light into the world, and to rejoice always. Amen.